<laughs> no, apparently my husband used yes. to listen to him like back in college. And so some of our first dates, I had to listen to Jared Leto in the car. <laughs> like, oh, I still married still... him for whatever reason. <laughs> that is a uh, that is a grand oh. gesture on your part. All right, this is fine, right? Sir? It's totally fine. Okay, there she is. Did she see me? Uh-huh. Is she coming over here? Yep. I wish I wasn't wearing this fucking shirt. Fair enough. Why don't you try to unbutton it? Button it back. Peter. Hey. Hi. What are you doing here? Came here to murder you. <laughs> really? What are you doing here? I had been having a tough time, you know, back in L.A., uh, but then I came here, and here you are. Aldous, this is Peter. Hey, all right, Peter. Nice to meet you, mate. Aldous. Good to meet you, man. My ex-boyfriend. Oh, right, hey, I'm Aldous Snow. I know who you are, yeah, you're very, very famous. Yeah, yeah, I am, I am, for my sins. So, are you, um, staying here as well? I'm not, as a matter I'm sorry. Excuse me, Mr. Ryder, Ms. Marshall. Um, but we were able to book like a post suite for you, sir, for four nights. You were? Marvelous. Perfect, perfect amount of time. Listen, if you want to have dinner with us one of those nights, I'll feel very. No. It's very gentlemanly of you, but uh, you two enjoy your trip. I'll be, uh, be just fine on my own. All right, Peter. Like a post suite. Have a good trip, Pete. I like your shirt, it's colourful. Bye. Bye now. Ta-da. Hello and welcome to The Grand Gesture. This is a podcast where my co-host, the coastal elite Dave, and myself, the country bumpkin. I'm going to have to change that. When I do these introductions, I'm going to have to change that to like the <laughs> handsome one or something something complimentary yeah, to me. Yeah, I was going to buy that. Anyway, uh, the point of this podcast, if there is one, is that we apply everything that we've learned from movies to our love lives. And to do that, we also round up a guest uh, to make it extra uncomfortable for them to, to listen to all these personal tales of woe from me and Dave. And this time we have Alyssa from the Hindsight Movie Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Any particular uh, tales of woe? Uh, any personal stories of love you want to just get off your chest in the first 30 seconds? Or you just want to promote your podcast? Ooh, yeah, I'm going to take a hard pass for the first one. That's, that's, <laughs> why, that's why I put a ladder option so in there. So smart. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I'll talk about the Hindsight Movie Podcast. Uh, me and my one co-host, Matt now, um, and occasional guests. Uh, we talk about movies that are on streaming services, HBO, Netflix, Hulu, um, and just talk about them in their general cultural context. We like to ask a couple of hard questions every time we have a podcast. Um, sometimes we get answers and sometimes we just ramble for half an hour. But if you'd like to listen to it, it's on iTunes and uh, you can come talk to me about it on Twitter because I'm there all the time. That's that's dangerous. That's more Dave's speed than mine. Yep. <laughs> Way too much of my day spent on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's why I tweet as Dave. People just expect it. Yeah. Dave's tweeting again. Big surprise. <laughs> Is there a particular uh, episode you would like uh, people to check out, maybe if they're new to the show, like uh, one you're especially proud of, maybe a recent one that would be a good starting point for them? Ooh, well, we just did uh, The Magnificent Seven, and that was interesting. We discussed kind of like what is a western and does that one count um 
But I think our most interesting recent one was the Nice Guys episode that we had. And everybody should go listen to that. And they should definitely go watch that movie because it's going to be a cult classic. You're preaching to the choir. You're good people with that one. Yeah, I'd I'd say that (laughs) one. Start with the Nice Guys, always. Absolutely. All right, Dave, I've done my part. I'm now going to retire for the evening, so you can talk about the movie Uh, with Alyssa, and I'll I'll come back at the end to wrap (laughs) this up. Thank God, he's finally going to be quiet. All right, so this week we are talking about Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And Forgetting Sarah Marshall is kind of an interesting romantic comedy because it actually begins with a breakup of a seemingly strong relationship. And the supposed purpose of this movie is to is for him to get over her as opposed to finding love. So in order to get away from her and all of the memories, he decides to go to Hawaii, where unfortunately, Sarah also happens to be staying. So there's a bit of a hill to climb for our protagonist. So as far as the meet cute goes, after this horrendous breakup, which involves a lot of full frontal male nudity and a lot of crying. Our main character, Peter, played by Jason Siegel, meets Rachel, played by Mila Kunis, who's working at the hotel he ends up staying at in Hawaii. They meet at the exact moment that Peter figures out he has accidentally followed the woman who broke his heart on this vacation. Rachel, pitying Peter as he realizes that Sarah has arrived with a male companion, played by Russell Brand, offers him the most expensive suite to show everyone that Peter is doing just fine. So... I guess my first question to you, and we'll start with Alyssa, is does a meet cute really work if you have one character immediately pitying the other? He is your rookie, and enjoy your stay. Why, why are you doing this for me? She's here with some guy already. Kind of messed up. Okay, right? Yeah. Thank you. Really, it's not a big deal. Go, go enjoy yourself. Rachel... Jansen. I mean, a thousand times. Thank you. You know what I mean? As much the- enjoy okay, yourself. Thank you. Yeah, I missed the meet cute part. I mean, I knew it was going to be the meet cute because there's a pretty woman and it's Jason Segel. And you don't have Mila Kunis there if she's not going to be a major portion of the movie. Um, but yeah, it didn't feel like a normal meet cute to me. You know, she's doing something for this guy while he's blubbering, basically, about his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> it's not not really a great way to start in my opinion um so i don't know and i don't uh this is coming from a person who doesn't watch a lot of rom-coms but i do watch a lot of sitcoms i don't know it it felt weird to me what about you mike what were your thoughts on this meet cute no i i totally get it this is probably how most of my relationships have started so i pity i don't like that you're (laughs) you're impugning that tactic that particular strategy when it comes to love dave uh, I will say this. Uh, I had forgotten for because I'd seen this a few times. I, it's you know it's a fun movie to to watch. Although I will say that this time, I think I watched the unrated version, which I generally hate oh. with comedies. I hate that the, the like the video version is like that's the one you automatically get. Yeah, because I can always tell it's like oh this seems extraneous, and with any of these sort of Apatow comedies they don't really need more material. Like less <laughs> is better. So um, agreed. But the other thing I had forgotten that was in the theatrical, I, I you know assume, is that for the most part, Mila Kunis doesn't seem like she's romantically interested for the majority of the time. Yeah. And even when that happens, it's it moves from pity, which is more of like a friendly thing. Like, I'm trying to be inclusive. Enjoy your, your time on Hawaii with all of my coworkers and friends. Let me introduce you to some other people uh, to spite to the Kristen Bell character. Cause I think the, the first time they get like 
really physical is when she's been insulted by this other woman. And so she knows, oh, I'm just going to make out with your ex in front of you. And so it is kind of a strange rom-com in that way that they don't seem to really be too into each other. I don't even know if Jason Siegel's into her other than she's just like the best distraction in the world. Mila Kunis, like on Hawaii. It's just, I I don't know. It's 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 a weird shift and it kind of makes me root against them as a couple. So I don't know if it is effective. I think it's a funny movie, but I don't know if the romance is very effective. It's interesting you make that point, too, because there's not really the way she's treating Jason Segel at the beginning is not different than any of her coworkers. Right. You know, like they yeah. all pity him. The guy gets some free drinks in the you know restaurant and. And then punches all him. that sort of stuff. But but friendly, like, you know, it was a friendly punch <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> Not sure I've ever endured a friendly punch. I, <laughs> I think I don't know what Alyssa's saying here is it was an effective enough punch where it removes him from needing to have an altercation with the guy who's seriously like enraged. Like he's <laughs> like, I've removed That's you true. from the fight. Now you you, right, you stood right. up. Saving you. you look good right. in front of Mila Kunis, but please do not mess with this guy because he's going Absolutely. to kill you. Where I'm just going to hit you once. <laughs> yeah. That's an excellent point. I had not thought about that. That is the 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 grand gesture in this movie. This episode's done. <laughs> <laughs> the guy punches him once. Yeah, but but I think I think you're both right. I mean, I think this this movie has an uphill climb already to make us believe in this romance because it's so soon after the breakup of this long term relationship. And then I think the only thing that saves it is just how charming Mila Kunis is in this movie. Like, this is probably my favorite performance of hers that I've ever seen. I think she's great here. And I think you can, even though, like, it is mostly just friendly until it kind of crosses that boundary, I think you you can understand, especially why Jason Segel is really wanting to be around her. I think she offers something that's really, really different from his last relationship. So in that way, it works. But it's, you know, just the meat cute on its own, like, it's... It's not so great. I think I think the the rest of the movie does the heavy lifting. It's a lot of romantic comedies. You have this meet cute and you're immediately bonded to these characters. And I really don't think that's the case here. I think there's a lot of uphill climbing to go. I think we're all a bunch of Bill haters on this podcast, which is never a bad thing, because he's the guy that's uh, saying this is a bad idea. The best part of the movie, you mean? He, he Skypes yes. in. He's like, I don't know. This sounds kind of dumb. Like, can you please just like you know, basically get your head out of your ass and stop thinking about romance? Like, you know, why don't you just... Yep. Go surf with Paul Rudd that, you know, get drunk and please stop yeah. crying. Can you get drunk and not cry? That seems to be the bigger yeah. challenge here. That should be the goal in this movie is to get him to drink without weeping like, like a baby. That that would be great for me. Put the picture down. Put that down. Let's just discuss this. I love her, man. I know. Look, Liz and I, we think the world of Sarah. We think she's great. Okay. But, I mean, I'm just being honest here. Every time she would come over to our house, she always acted, you know, like a, like a little bitch. Okay, 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 pump the brakes. Dating Sarah is not like dating Liz, okay? Sarah is better than Liz. You really want to have this conversation? Do, do you really want to have this conversation? Yes. She is the mother of my unborn child. Sorry. You're my stepbrother. We're not even blood. I have no qualms with sticking you. I will equalize you. Sorry. You dick. I just worked up. You gotta get your your shit together, man. I'm trying to. It's so hard here. Brian, everywhere I look, I'm reminded of her. 
Um, so I think now we're going to move to the breakup. So after this very long courtship uh, that Mike was talking about, this courtship that involves fistfights, cliff diving, and wine spilled over petty conversations between two couples, Peter and Rachel finally have their moment. Sadly, quickly following this, Sarah and her new man and their year-long relationship, Peter, being the stereotypical nice guy, comforts her and falls into bed with her. Kind of. He immediately confesses and apologizes to Rachel, at work of all places, and she is not pleased, telling him to not write, call, or email. Now, does this breakup make sense? Is it believable both that Peter would confess and that Rachel would not ever attempt to make contact afterwards? I want to back up to the uh, the actual sexual encounter because I think you just sort of I skimmed over that. <laughs> I thought you might. I think it is. I was watching this with my That's wife. Why through the kind of? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I have to admit I was only halfway listening because when you skip past that, I'm like, wait a minute, this is like this is wait, the only <laughs> the only notes I took were, were on this sex scene, pseudo sex scene. I, <laughs> I was watching this with my wife, and she started shaking her head, and she like she really really did not like this like sequence at all and it's it is really uncomfortable because we've seen i'd say probably a lot of like love triangle type movies or where someone falters or strays and for the most part it ends with a kiss or it can go a step further and they actually have sex and this is this weird purgatory area where it's like kind of steps over the line but he does stop and there's another character that verbalizes that like calls him Gandhi or better than Gandhi for stopping his ex, this beautiful ex woman mid blowjob. And I have to admit, uh, yeah, this guy is, uh, he's a saint because, uh. <laughs> well, hear me out. I, I thought it was, it was brave because in a lot of films, I, I'm always like, okay, no guy's going to just, especially if he's somewhat unattached, you know, him and Mila Kunis, they, as we've said, we don't even really know. They don't seem that romantic at that point. They, they have had sex, but it's this weird revenge spite sex. So it doesn't seem like she's fallen for him in any way. And it's after he just had a long string of one night stands too. So, so she could just be another one. Yeah. And so I don't think we've established anything. They've not established anything. And clearly, you know, he's still hung up. He still has feelings and she's almost Mila Kunis's character has encouraged him to be hung up on those feelings, to make it like competitive sport, to best her. And this is, this is the way he, he sees he's like going to win. Like he, he's getting everything he thought he wanted. Like she is basically admitting she made a mistake that she does need him. He feels vindicated that yes, being the nice guy, being the one that comforted her, that was, I was right. It was totally her and not just me. And in a lot of the flashbacks, I think the film is quite cruel to her character up to that point. Cause mm-hmm. we keep flashing back from his point of view to all the time she was dismissive of him. And I, this is the, the one moment where it's like, he's, kind of an ass and i like that he's he's yeah. being an ass to two people here and he stops her <laughs> after he's like okay try a little bit harder try a little bit harder i actually really like that in this movie we have a guy so attuned with his feelings that he can no longer be aroused by her it's like you know he's he's he is attempting to take advantage of a situation here but it doesn't even work for him he's like yeah, all he can focus on is that heartbreak so I, I think it's a really interesting scene, but I have to admit my wife, you know, this like kind of fun romantic comedy got very uncomfortable and probably would have been happier with the film if this had been removed, if this had not gone that far. But I, I like it because I think it makes the audience feel uh, a little icky. That's one of my words, my favorite podcast words. <laughs> what your favorite? Yeah. I made a really, really horrible mistake. Sarah. Yeah. Sarah. Yeah. 
Stop pulling my face towards your face. Why? I don't like it. Well, listen, pulling my shirt towards you is the same concept as pulling my face. Let's spend one more night here together, and then let's go home and... I just will pretend like it never happened. Face it's reality. Happened. No. That's the big plan. No. I love you. It's not fair. It's I... not fair of you to say that to me. Please, Peter. I'm so sorry. Oh, I missed you. I'm sorry. God, I missed you, Peter. Get hard for me, Pete. Get hard for me. I know what I'm supposed to do. Okay. Just do it. Come on, get hard. I'm trying. Okay. Yeah, just let me do it for a second. Okay. I really want you, Peter. I missed you. You don't help. You don't help. Can you be quiet just for a minute? Uh-huh. Do you want my hand? Maybe, maybe just don't talk for a second is what I mean. Do you want my mouth? Yeah, maybe your mouth. Yeah, okay. Keep trying if you want. What's wrong with you? Nothing is wrong with me. Okay. okay? I, no, I didn't. Just something it, doesn't feel right. Okay. Anymore. Well, did you? You know what? Did you drink today? Because sometimes when you drink. Excuse me. No, I haven't had anything to drink today. Maybe the problem is that you broke my heart into a million pieces, and so my cock doesn't want to be around you anymore. Okay? Ever! I think this qualifies. What about you, Alyssa? What was your reaction to that scene? I It took me out of the whole movie a little bit, honestly, because I thought it was improbable. Not because he had something going on with Mila Kunis yet, really, but just he seemed so reluctant getting into it. You know, like he showed up and he's like, oh, I feel bad for you. Whatever. We kiss. It's not the kiss is really that great. I mean, I guess we can keep going, whatever. But he's just so like not into it the whole time. I'm like, at what point do you walk away? And I guess it's like 15 to 20 seconds into a blowjob, which I don't know. It just seemed weird to me. Very weird. Yeah. And <laughs> icky. Icky is good. Icky is the yes. great word. But hasn't the whole time he's been he's been told by other people, here's what you do to get over this. And it's people who cannot get into his own headspace. They can say that, yes, I've had experience with this. You have Bill Hader, who's in a, a very different type relationship. I mean, committed. And I, I think he's, <laughs> I think for the, I, I believe at least the way I read it, I don't know if they say this in the film, that they're pretty much like the only person that they've been with. Like you imagine them as like high yep. school sweethearts or college sweethearts, whatever. Yeah, and so he's, he's getting like, information from people who really have no business telling him how to feel about this. And even Mila Kunis right. to a certain extent right. is just like, come on, dude, just jump off a cliff in Hawaii and you'll be fine. They're really dismissive over, <laughs> over heartbreak here. And so why I like that scene so much is he finally admits to himself. No, you, you completely destroyed me. This, this is irreparable, irreparable. And what I'm going to do is if I'm encouraged by these people to just forget you and dismiss this heartbreak so easily, I'm going to turn into a jackass. I'm going to become dismissive of other people. And so I like that. I feel like, yeah, okay, 
it's a 15 second blowjob, but you know, he, he finds his courage again, like Bilbo Baggins. He, <laughs> <laughs> what? He gets back on that trail. To get me on his side. <laughs> no. Uh, so this is the moment in the movie where every time I watch it, I kind of wish it wasn't there. Like I, it, uh, the movie almost loses me because it becomes like you mentioned that the movie treats Sarah pretty poorly in some of these moments, some of these flashbacks and this moment where, you know, she's essentially trying to get him hard and she's talking to him he, the whole time. He's just yelling at her. Will you, will you just shut up? Will you just be quiet? And it's like, it's really ugly and it's not something that I really like from our main character. And then this whole idea of like, Oh, do you know how hard that is for a man? He's a saint. He wasn't even hard. This isn't like, this isn't like <laughs> mid blowjob. Like your standard. This is like, he wasn't doing anything with Wait it anyway. That you, is not, you, that's not something you need to step away from. <laughs> Wait, oh, it's you, so difficult. Are you treating this Please. like the Zapruder film? Like you want to go back into the left to see the whole point. The, of that, the whole point of that scene is that he's so heartbroken that he can't get an erection. And then later in the movie, they're like, you know how hard it is for that guy. He stopped mid blowjob this uncomfortable blowjob <laughs> that nothing was happening sorry really guy i'm not that impressed first place. exactly yeah. so he's not a saint mike i'm sorry doesn't work for me he's basically all. jesus here he is basically <laughs> our lord and savior you know Why would we you did... <laughs> denigrate jesus like that There's no you know we did another another episode on crazy stupid you're making love. the atheist step up and defend <laughs> jesus how how is this happening i don't know if i count that as a win or not but we did another episode where uh with crazy stupid love and it's mentioned in one scene from the uh a one-night stand played by marissa tomei that he's a guy that had her go down on him for 45 minutes because he was nervous that's a jackass move. <laughs> Not 15 seconds versus 45 minutes. I'm saying I'll well, take... <laughs> screaming at her to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> what a nice guy. <laughs> How sweet. Well, some people like a little pillow talk and some people it's really distracting. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I think we're just going to move on because it... <laughs> that's not going anywhere good. Um, so now we move to the grand gesture. So, if anything, the character of Peter is defined by his lack of motivation, despite having big ideas. He has his grand plan to make a Dracula musical, of course, with puppets. And Rachel's support of this definitely makes her stand out from his damaged relationship with Sarah. For his grand gesture, he completes and produces the musical and then sends her an invitation. Is this gesture grand enough, or were you as surprised as Peter that she attended at all? I loved it. If there's anything I want out of Hollywood, it's the Dracula puppet comedy to be its own standalone <laughs> movie after this. So I thought it was great. I mean, I guess a lot of the things so far I've said about this movie are a little negative, but I actually I like this movie and I really like this ending scene. I like the little montage um, of all the hard work he's doing and he starts to take care of himself too so it's not just that he's doing this grand gesture for uh rachel he's also starting to do it for himself you know he's exercising he's eating he's keeping himself clean and he's doing this big beautiful production um, so i thought it was great i think it's the perfect ending for a movie that's got some questionable plot points here and there yeah i don't know if that's the grand gesture for me uh, I, I think the way it's it's probably set up that way in the film, but I would say that it's more reciprocation at that point because his his gesture for the Mila Kunis character is to take down uh, this sort of revenge porn photo true, that's on true. this like local sort of dive bar, and it's been set up earlier in the film 
that that's part of that asshole ex-boyfriend of hers that kind of like talked her into it and then i don't know made some arrangement with the bar owner to put it up on this skeevy bathroom wall and she says no please don't you know take that down because he'll he'll really kill you and he still does it i mean he he does get beat up Mm -hmm. but he's still (laughs) with that information this guy will really kill you he decides to take that risk and does it i think that's the grand gesture but i do like that she doesn't immediately say like oh I'll marry you. Thank you for getting beat up for me because that's, it's a little tone deaf and it's, it's sort of old fashioned that it's like a a man's physicality. Like that's, he showed that he's like a real man Uh because he's willing to get wailed on this time, multiple times, presumably (laughs) not just once. Um, But I I think it's, uh, it's flipped. The grand gesture is just showing up to this Dracula musical like her. I mean, you know, it's, it's not an easy trip. It's not like she drove 40 minutes down the road. She flies there and as you, I like that you can see how kind of awkward it is for her because most of the times you see men imposing on women with these grand gestures and sort of invading their space. And I'm not saying she's invading his space because she's a guest. She was invited. But she still wants to let him have his moment. Like she's actually proud of him for doing it. And she doesn't want to turn into a thing like I'm here, so now drop everything because I'm here. That's what I really like about it. And inevitably they get back together and it's – it's framed yet again under a weird Jason Siegel nude scene, which is <laughs> kind of forced in because I don't know I don't know how many of us undress and they're like, okay, let now me I'm, make this phone call. Yeah, now, first. now let me talk on the phone because I'm in the buff. I feel more comfortable now, but it's it's fine. Uh, you know, that's uh, it's our out. It's a way for the audience to sort of chuckle and then you you move on. So yeah, I think the grand gesture here is more on her end than his. That's a good yeah, point I mean, too. Like the last time she made that trip, that cross the ocean trip she did it for a man and didn't work out well for her you know so this is a massive risk that she takes just to come see him yeah hawaii is i mean i think she even said it's more like it's like she's really embraced the idea that this is some sanctuary for her that this is Mm -hmm. getting away from all of her problems now we've seen that other problems have followed she's had other failed relationships very physical men very aggressive men but she's really trying to say like oh just stay here and I think that's that's something that she's kind of proud of, that he actually went back. He went back to his old life, all those reminders of Sarah that he tried to get away from. He just sort of, he embraced all of them. And he, he actually did face them and say, like, yeah, I was part of the problem with those, with the situation with her. Throughout the movie, we've seen basically how cold she was to him. But we do eventually see that, yeah, he just wore sweatpants all day and was just kind of lazy. He just sort of bitched and moaned that no one appreciated his art, but he didn't really have any follow through. Until the very until Mila Kunis, that's what we all need. Basically, meet Mila Kunis in Hawaii, and we'll all <laughs> become great all? artists. Sure, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I mean, I I like the grand gesture of her showing up, but not because it's your standard romantic comedy. Like I'll move my life for love. What I like is that he has created something. He's finally gotten up off his ass and done something, and she's about to do the same thing. I like that they throw in this idea that she not only came there to see him, but she came to look at some colleges, too, and to try and kind of start her life over and figure out what she wants to do. I don't think there's any guarantee in this movie that you know a couple months down the road, these two are still together. She has not moved her life simply for him. She has also done it for herself, which is something you don't, you don't get that background in a lot of romantic comedies. So I like that we get that they're both moving forward whether they're moving forward together or separately doesn't really matter in the end they have their moment of happiness and that's really great but even if something were to go wrong they both have a direction they can go well it's gonna be very different now if there if there's a romance between them it's not a vacation romance for either one of them it's it's with other 
real life shit going on, either school for her or, you know, him trying to find another gig because his, I guess his CSI <laughs> scoring days are over. Um, so yeah, it, it would be like, this is going to be a, like a real test. They're going to have real issues, uh, that are not, Hey, I got a 15 second blowjob from this actress presumably because I don't know how many of us can relate to that. Dave, <laughs> you live in California, so you tell me. Oh, is that how that works? Just live in California I, and actresses fall I, from I, trees? I, I'm not in LA. I, I'm, from, I'm from Kentucky, so do I have Michael Shannon? I mean, I wouldn't turn it hey, down, but I sure. wouldn't turn that down either. <laughs> George Clooney? I don't know. I've got some good ones to pick from. So, yeah. Who else? Yeah. Apparently, Tom uh, Cruise. Jennifer. You sent me a picture today of Tom Cruise in Tom UK Cruise shirt. Tom Cruise. UK shirt, yeah. Sure. Who Jennifer Lawrence is from Kentucky. That's you know, right. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> Louisville, right? Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> I think uh, Alyssa has basically uh, outed my bi curious ways because I went with three men first. <laughs> three and I was like, oh, right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, right Jennifer Lawrence. No. Oh, yeah. Her too. Sure. Whatever. Boop, boop. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could throw her in there. <laughs> She'll round out the top five. We'll see. Shouldn't you shouldn't you be mentioning that actress who shows up at every University of Kentucky uh, basketball game? Shouldn't, oh, Ashley Judd, around, right? Is she still an actress yeah. or is she like a yep. politician now? Or is she still an, uh, It's hard to tell at this point. I liked her too. Yeah, I like Ashley Judd. Yeah. Especially in Heat. <laughs> sure. She's great in Heat. <laughs> and all those, those all Lifetime right, so- movies or I guess pseudo Lifetime movies where she's oh, being God. chased by an abusive husband. Yeah, there's a that was not so much. A lot of she was awesome in Heat. Yeah. We'll stick to that. Yeah, there you go. Um, so the last thing we tried to cover on the show is how we can apply this to our to our life. So, Mike, has there been anything in your life that's remotely like this that you can kind of connect with here? Or is this purely rom-com fantasy stuff? There's stuff that I probably should be able to connect to because the, the basic premise of I'm reminded of this, this X, I think everyone can go through, like – uh, the, the problem is I'm just, I don't know if I'm just an ass or just like strong willed, but it's like the stuff, the stuff I genuinely like, even if I experienced it with a former partner, I don't suddenly like, like it any less. Like I can still kind of keep it mine. So if we went to, to see a band that I like together, I'm not suddenly, it's not tainted for me or like a movie that I like. So I understand it. And I've seen other friends kind of go through little phases like this, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just like a, a prick or I'm just incredibly selfish with like the things that I like. They just stay. <laughs> no, I like that. That's not yours. <laughs> yeah. Mine. I don't know. I'm just, I'm strange. I'm just like the dog pissing around claiming my territory. I just piss on the movies. I like piss on the music. I like, so I understand it, but no, probably not. I don't, I don't think there's, I've ever felt the need to just like completely take something like a section of my life and just forget it. No, I don't think so. What about you, Alyssa? Anything strike a chord with you in this movie? Uh, a couple things. Uh, first of all, all those like really shitty high school relationships that I have that, you know, bring back like PTSD flashbacks. Like, oh, God, I can't believe we did that back then. <laughs> so, Me and Michael Shannon like... all the time. <laughs> so there's those. Um, and I guess I had my like mini romantic gesture, grand gesture at one point. My husband, who I've been married to for five years now, we broke up. He broke up with me. How dare oh. he? Uh-oh. I know. He broke Bad up with music me. music taste and breaks up with you. Good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Only for a short period of time. He broke up with me, and I went later that summer on a six-hour round-trip road trip just to go see him because he was lonely at wow. uh, wherever he was getting his master's. And we got back together, and now we're married and have kids. Wow. So, so you're, you're a believer in grand romantic gestures, then. 
I, yeah. Apparently I am, you know, like I never considered myself a very like romantic or gushy person, but apparently according to this movie, I make grand gestures. Well done. I think, I think for me, the only thing I really connect to, and it's actually one of the reasons it's hard for me to connect to this movie in general is I feel like Peter's reaction is very high school. His reaction to this where like everything is the worst and I'm going to, you know, cry like a wailing ghost on the top floor here. And I was like, yeah, if I was like 17 and my relationship ended, like I was that guy who like, you know, burned all the letters and all that kind of stuff when the relationship ended and that kind of dramatic gesture. Um, so that's the only way I can like really connect to Peter. So it's hard for me to watch him as like a cr- as a grown ass man acting this way. So it becomes very difficult. Let me defend to Peter just a little bit here, though. That uh, you <laughs> were doing nothing but that. <laughs> okay, let me continue to be Team Peter here. I guess uh, he had me with the the surprise with the the sound effects and the yeah. That's just that's just that's a grand gesture right there. A man so proud of his body that he has the the chorus going on with his flash penis presumably flaccid <laughs> uh, naked man that's yeah my sure it's good <laughs> should have a little more hair on his chest i have you know if i might have some criticism true here. um it's a little bit different like you know it, it's heightened for him because he i think there's a class sort of issue and you see it in some of the the flashbacks where you know he he does work in the entertainment industry and he i mean he has a really cool job i think most people think hey that's really cool you, you make music for tv or film but he's dating an actress. He's dating a face. And so not only is it tough, you know, during the breakup that she's going to appear in commercials, you know, it's not like he can just be like, oh, I'm just going to move or delete her from Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's going to be forced, you know, down his throat. But also, you know, there had to be something going on with him where he was just always kind of unstable as far as am I worthy? Like, how am I dating this like famous celebrity? And there's a little bit of that too, where I think that's, that heightens everything for him that he just never felt totally comfortable with her. And so then when that's taken away, he was like, yep, the world's telling me I was not good enough because I never should have been with her. Like, you know, everyone kept saying you, what do they call him? Like, you know, some giant or something, get out of the picture. They call him like Bigfoot. I don't can't remember what they <laughs> yeah. do, but, um, you know, he, he's basically been told that it's like, you're lucky just to be with this person. And so now it's just like, Oh, you know, Everyone else was right and I was wrong. I was so stupid. Like, I clearly didn't deserve her. So I think it's a little bit more than it just being a, a normal person, I guess. You know, it's this famous celebrity. Although she does shitty sure, work. Right? I think the movie does. The movie is quite mean <laughs> because it keeps showing that she's on a shitty Throughout. television show. Yeah, <laughs> like, She's not a top-tier actress in no, this movie. No, not from no, what we see. Sure. No, Definitely not. All right. Uh, I think that covers Forgetting Sarah Marshall. So... One more time before you take off, Alyssa, I want you to tell people how they can contact you on Twitter, where you always are. Uh, let's see. What's our Twitter handle? Oh, God. <laughs> I love that sound of surprise. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. <laughs> Been there. What's it called? <laughs> this is why we edit. <laughs> Hindsight cast? Uh, yep. There we there go. We go. <laughs> All right, so you can talk to me um, on Twitter at HindsightCast, or if you're uh, feeling especially ranty, you can email me at HindsightMoviePodcast at Gmail. So can't promise that you'll get a response. It depends on whether or not you're an asshole about it. (laughs) I've never heard a promo like that, but I think I'm going to steal it. That's what you said the last time I gave one. No guarantees. Did you give give more threats the last time? (laughs) I did, I think. I'm going to take a quick break. Tonight we have a special guest from the mainland. 
singing a song from his Dracula musical. Please welcome to the stage, Mr. Peter Bretter. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TransgesturePod. Send us suggestions on what to cover next. But since you haven't already, or maybe we ignored your request, I'll blame Dave on that. He ignored your request. I didn't. Anyway, the next episode, we'll be looking back at the 2000 film Wonder Boys. This Curtis Hansen movie stars Michael Douglas and Francis McDormand as our couple of the week. We'll see if there's a grand you know, I can, gesture I play something um, else. I just think out of that doesn't involve a dead dog. That's, a, that's not me being morbid Thank or you. creepy. There actually is a dead dog in this movie. But if you don't feel like watching it, please listen to our episode. We'll take you through it. Subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts. We're on the iTunes store. You can also find this show at followingfilms.com alongside my other show, Projecting Film, and Dave's podcast, Pop Culture Case Study. It's getting hard to believe things are going to get better. (gasps) I've been drowning too long to believe that the tide's going to turn. And I've been living too hard to believe things are going to get easier now. I'm still trying to shake off the pain from the lessons I've learned. And if I see Van Helsing, I swear to the Lord I will slay him. Ha 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 ha! He'd take him from me, but I swear I won't let it be so. Blood will run down his face when he is decapitated. Ah, His head on my mantle is how I will let this world know how much I love you.